evening and welcome to Insight. I am Gino, your host. And next to me, my partner in crime. No, not in crime. My good friend and pastor of Resting Place Detroit, Mr. AC. AC, what is up, brother? Hey, my friend. It's good to uh, see you. Um, it's good to embark on this new uh, venture that we're on. And uh, yeah, man. Looking forward to some it. Cool, some cool backgrounds that we have on going on here tonight. Yeah, who came up with these? <laughs> wasn't me. I, I can tell we you got, yeah. we got, it's our It's our creative department for I guess League so, of Brothers. Yeah. yeah. So what is League of Brothers, now that you mention it? What are we going to be doing on Monday evenings at 7 p.m.? Well, you know, um, this, this name came to me a while back, and um, maybe there's other organizations or groups that use it as well i've never heard it but um it's really it was really saying let's let's put aside um all the differences that people have and let's come together as a group of brothers and just um love people and and talk through things instead of showing the hate man there's so much hate going on uh, in this world. And so League of Brothers is really just a, an opportunity for us to open, have open conversations on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Um, hopefully there are things that you and I can spark that will cause people to want to call in, you know, be a part of the conversations with us and have an open dialect. Um, as, you know, obviously, as long as people keep it clean and keep it uh um Somewhat safe on topic i want to be as yeah <laughs> keep it a safe space you know we want to keep it safe uh and for the most part uh family friendly and um we just want to have a place for us to communicate i know uh you have a few other podcasts that you're doing that have a lot of specific um spaces um that you're involved in um you know with me a lot of my platforms that i i am maintaining uh there's a lot of specific stuff that goes along with it but this is this is an opportunity with league of brothers for us to uh just open it up for so many different topics um we're gonna have a lot of special guests that are gonna be part of what we're doing uh from the political world in washington dc uh, other pastors, uh, entertainers, uh, pro athletes. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be involved in what we're doing. And I'm, I, I really think that the common thread between us all is that we all want to, we all want to live together. We all want to be in the same world together, um, with freedom to be ourselves, but in the same token, um, having the God given rights that we've given been given to just be men and women. And uh, without being uh, terrorized or threatened uh, to to have an opinion, um, and so we're, we're going to welcome people. We're going to welcome people, whether they're believers in Jesus or or not. Um, you know, obviously I am. I know you are um, a believer in Jesus, but really, I, I want to open these conversations up. And I, I will tell you this: if if questions arise and I don't have the answer or you don't have the answer, uh, that doesn't mean the conversation stops there. It means I'm going to do some research and we're going to address it and still talk about it. And um, I don't, 
don't claim to know everything. You know, there's a joke I once heard one time, kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> it said, uh, between me and my brother, we knew everything. And the, guys, the guy asked the, asked the question, said, well, do you know this? And the guy says, no, I don't know that, but my brother does. But his brother wasn't anywhere around. So there was no proof of it, you know? And so uh, right. I, I've had to use that on a few occasions. Like, no, I don't know that one, but my brother does. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of how I feel about this. If I don't know it, Gino, yeah, exactly. Gino, what's the answer I know, to this one? I know nothing, trust me. The people that have been watching me for two years <laughs> understand I know nothing. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to this, man. I, I've been looking forward to, forward to this for a while. Uh, we had talked about this many times, and it's finally here. I look forward to the day when we will actually have a studio and we will be face-to-face -face, yeah. kind of in a Rogan-esque type podcast thing. Yeah. I think that'll be fun. Maybe invite people there. Uh, but until then, we're going to do it via Zoom like I do on my other shows. And I think we're going to have a good time doing it. And, it. and like you said, AC, you and I have the same heart. Yeah. Whether you're a believer or not, we invite you into the dialogue with us. And we we, right. we value your opinion. We value uh, if, if you you know, disagree with us, you agree with us, it doesn't matter. That's that's part of being human. And that's, even Christians disagree. Lots of Christians disagree. Mm -hmm. I'm sure mm -hmm. me and AC disagree on things here or there, but that's okay. Like, that doesn't yeah. make us horrible human beings. Um, I will say this, our, um, our goal, if there is an underlying goal, is that maybe some of you that aren't believers will see the truth. And you will come into the fold with us and, and be welcomed as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's that's always my goal. But I'm not going to deceive you into believing something. I, I want you to see the truth. And, you know, I don't know. We'll right. see when, when we have some of these guests on. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of their testimonies, um, which, you know, a testimony. I, AC, I, I, let me ask you something. Have you yeah. ever seen anybody disagree with somebody else's testimony? I, you know, I have seen somebody try really? to, but oh. you know, when it boils down to it is that's, that's somebody's, that's somebody's life. That's their testimony. Who am I to argue with them about exactly. it? I mean, I guess the only thing you could, you could argue about is, you know, if, if you're given a testimony of something that I was there and seen firsthand and I know different, uh, maybe there would be discrepancy. But other than that, I mean, how do you argue with somebody's testimony? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, a, even a in the court of law, really, exact, it's the same exact. thing. You know, it's every person is uh, uh, freedom to have their own testimony, whether or not two people at the same spot seen it the same way, you know, is is a different story. But each person has their own story to tell. And so yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, that's what I've we never seen. We want to give people. I've never yeah. seen anybody disagree with somebody's personal testimony coming to faith because, because it well, is. I would say coming to when it comes to you know faith based, I, I haven't seen anybody argue with that. Yeah. Just the when you said testimony, I yeah, seen, I should have been more specific. You know, like yeah, court, court of law type sure. thing. But yeah, when it comes to faith, I mean, how how do you argue with somebody's experience or their encounter with God? I mean, um, kind of hard to to question somebody else. <laughs> their motives behind disagreeing with that. You know, I, I'd like to see somebody disagree with me on my encounters or experiences with God. I mean, uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> good luck. Good luck yeah, with it'd, that. Be, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. But you know, some of the guys yeah. that we're going to have, um, you know, some, some of the people we're going to be having uh, on our program are just, uh, number one, they're amazing people. 
number two, a lot of them are believers. Um, a lot of them have uh, amazing stories to tell. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I've been talking about it. You and I have been talking about doing this for, for a long time, months and months and months. And so having this come to fruition and beginning that tonight um, is surreal in a lot of ways. And bro, it's going to be, it's going to be a great journey, but it's also an honor to share this with you. Um, looking forward to it. I know that uh, God's going to put his stamp of approval on it for us. And, you know, one of the other things that we really need more than anything for those who are watching and going to be a part of this is we need their help to get the word out. Um, this is uh, something that, you know, as much as I sit, love sitting here talking to you and bantering back and forth about whatever, uh, this isn't for you and I, this is for other people. And we want other people to be involved and be part of this. So, you know, getting people to help us spread the word and getting, uh, you know, excitement out about joining us on Monday nights is going to be uh, a pretty cool thing. Can you, can you share real quick with everybody, all the different platforms that, that they'll be able to reach League of Brothers on so yeah. so people will know. So uh, right now we are live on Twitter. We're live on the Foxhole, which is pilled.net, and we're live on Rumble. Um, I did. I do have a YouTube channel. I just uploaded a video the other day. We'll see how things go. I've been banned from there twice. I don't like risking it anymore over there. It's too. Uh, it just knocks you down a notch. I mean, you you're, you put yeah. all your hard work into it and effort, and then they just cancel you so i've been trying to avoid it but i do want some some of the more pertinent information that i think is important to go out uh so i will occasionally upload to youtube and that channel it, they knocked me down i had it was gaining subscribers it was getting views and you know i started over here on rumble and uh, the foxhole and i'm very pleased I've, the foxhole is just a bunch of patriot guys that when they were canceled they started their own platform and they're doing a great job the mats yeah. Um, and yeah. some of the other podcasts, big podcasts uh, started and rumbles starting to pick up, you know, we're over a thousand subscribers now. Thank God that that is starting to pick up what we really need from the audience. And I, I, I'm not a self promoter AC. That's not my thing. I don't like doing that, but you're right. Those thumbs ups really help the thumbs up on yeah. rumble puts us in the algorithms. And I have noticed when people click on it, we get into the feed. So that is very important. If you guys can, right. uh, if you feel, you know, inclined to do so we would definitely appreciate that if you want to subscribe that's even better uh, and visit us i do shows pretty much five days a week so a bunch of different you know topics and categories but this one in particular is going to be fun i i'm really looking forward to monday nights with you like you said we've been talking about maybe even doing twitter space uh spaces at some time right some point in time we'll see what happens with that but we'll start here and um yeah and like we said this is not I don't want it to come across it. Are we Christians? Yes, absolutely. Unashamed of that. But like AC said, we invite other opinions. We want to hear if you're of another faith and you want to talk about your faith and call in and, and discuss why you believe what you believe. We're, we're open for that too. It's just going to be basically an open platform for uh, your voice and our voice to be heard and to get along. You know, we, right. we need to love each other. Yeah. Um. You know what I was thinking? What if we created a YouTube channel for League of Brothers and we just upload the link? To, that way it's not attached and maybe we can get away with it because yeah, you've been such a you've been such a rebel. They, they may not want, you know, post <laughs> yeah, our videos. Yeah. 
it would, I'm such a rebel that I was during the pandemic. And I said pandemic for the first time. I usually call it plandemic. During the pandemic, yeah. I uh, was posting actual articles from the CDC, and that's why I got taken down. <laughs> I, I I got nailed on Facebook so much. Uh, it wasn't even funny. I matter of fact, I started a second page uh, on Facebook just for my uh, podcast um, that I was doing, and that way it didn't affect my personal one too much. And because I had a similar name that I put on there, man, they came after both of them. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was stupid. But you know what? It's all good. It is all good. Um, listen, man, one of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight, and that's kind of, um, I, I had mixed emotions about talking about this tonight, just because I'm like, this is our opening night. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to dive in too deep, but I want mm -hmm. people to come back. And I remember saying that to you the other night on Friday night at a resting place. And you're like, man, let's just, let's just jump into it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that's what we're going to do is uh, just talk a little bit about it. Um, it kind of is a, a part two of uh, what I spoke on at resting place Friday night. For those of you watching that were there and if you weren't there, uh, shame on you. You should come check out Resting Place on Friday nights. A uh, little plug there from uh, Resting Absolutely. Place. Um, one of our sponsors, yes. We're giving a plug to you know Resting Place. But um, Inside uh, it, the topic was uh, breaking generational curses. Uh, one of the things that, I guess, side, side note was it's, it stops with me. And um, so many... Uh, people that I know that have that are going through things. I mean, even right now, people are going through things. And since I started preparing for that, um, that word, it stops with me. It's like the first thing I think of is, I wonder if, if there's any generational curses that's holding this person back or holding me back. Um, and so it, it causes you to stop and think, you know, like, hey, uh, where, where is this coming from? Where is this attack coming from? Where's the root? You know, uh, is it something that's been there for generations? Or is this something that I've just recently allowed in? And so it's something that, you know, we can, as, uh, as believers, have the faith and know-how and the strength, the supernatural strength, to simply say, it stops with me. Any type of curses any type of whether they're word curses or you know curses against our health or finances or family uh whatever it may be we we have the power in the tongue uh for life and death and we have the power invested in us through the holy spirit <clears throat> to speak to uh demonic forces and and be able to cast them out and so um you know i, I just i wanted to share a little bit about it you know i will say this we we all have dysfunctional families, right? <laughs> we all have somebody in the family who's a little dysfunctional somewhere along the way. No names or anything. I'm, I'm going to keep the Cordell name, uh, you know, uh, good right now. So um, uh, we, we all come from bad situations, uh, but we don't have to stay there. And I had people on Friday night just declaring verbally that it stops with me. 
And that just because we come from dysfunction, just because we come from bad situations, bad environments, um, it doesn't mean it has to stay that way. And, you know, addiction, people, people say all the time, you know, addiction, uh, is, it ruined their family. Uh, addictions uh, have had such a negative impact on people's family. And, but I want to say what I don't hear people saying is after that comment, they don't say, but it stops with me. You know, abuse um, is a bad thing, whether it's verbal or physical, mental, emotional, it's a, it's a bad thing. And it's being used every single day around this world. Um, racism is something else that is a, is, is a generational curse that needs to be broken. Depression, um, divorce, fear, anxiety. These are all things that can be passed along. Uh, I, I'm going to give you a quick story about racism, man. This is, and I, I'm going to throw my family under the bus uh, a little bit. There, there was a good ending to it, but I remember, you know, I was I grew up here in Detroit area, um, and my dad's uh, biological father uh, was down in Lafayette, Georgia, and. Uh, I didn't get to meet him until I was in high school and great guy, um, you know, pitched, uh, professionally a pitcher, left-handed pitcher. Matter of fact, they called him lefty Lindsay. And, um, just, uh, I, I, I don't know what he was like, you know, when he was married to my grandmother and when he, my dad's, when my dad was a kid, I don't know anything about that. All I know is, as an older man, and when I got to meet him, he was a he was a nice guy. Uh, however, uh, he had a downfall, and he was from, you know, out out in the in in the boondocks. Um, you know, he was in the Chattanooga area for many many years, and lived in in Georgia, Lafayette, Georgia, Ringgold, Georgia, Fort Oglethorpe, all that area. A lot of viewers may know where that's at, kind of between Atlanta and Chattanooga. And um, uh, the way he grew up um, as a kid, uh, grew up having an issue with anybody that that was not white. And, uh, you know, I, at first I blamed him for how he how he talked, how he acted. And then I realized that that's all he knew, uh, because that was what was um, taught to him that's 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 what he thought was the right way to be and uh so it, what that tells me is it started before my grandfather right his his dad his grandfather his great-grandfather however far back it went in that lineage and so being for detroit uh, i had uh one of my best friends um who became like a brother uh, adopted brother um he he lost his his family when he was uh in junior high or f freshman high school and he lived with us uh, my parents helped raise him and uh and so he was african-american and and i was white and and so it was pretty neat we played high school sports together and uh it, it's everybody knew us as brothers and we just we had 
uh, such a great connection. And in Detroit, uh, racism wasn't a big deal back back then in the in the well i say what it was i'd be telling how old i am but it, you know back in the 80s and 90s it wasn't it wasn't like it was in the 60s when the city of detroit burnt down literally uh detroit had come out of that mindset a lot and so it wasn't really much of an issue where we were at and so i remember going down to Tennessee and Georgia one summer and took Tony with me and we drove down and went to go see the family and things like that. And I'll never forget. We went to go see my grandfather and his wife and, and some of the family. And when we walked in, uh, he probably in the seventies, uh, years old, he started saying things. Didn't even know Tony's name, didn't, never shook his hand, never, didn't know anything about him. And immediately just started verbally, uh, you know, abusing and saying things that were uh, derogatory and things that um, I had never used towards Tony. Um, and we were best friends and brothers. And so uh, I, I seen, I saw immediately how, how his mindset worked and i i excused us from from his residence we left uh the funny thing about it is it's funny now but it wasn't so funny then uh we we left georgia drove back to chattanooga we got near uh we weren't too far from chattanooga choo choo area if you guys anybody knows where that's at but anyways we're we're right off the interstate stop at a gas station and tony was a very wealthy young man his his dad was a very wealthy man and left him money as a kid and uh tony at any given moment may have had three or four thousand dollars in his pocket right and so we go walk into this gas station and i point out on one of the shelves there was a can of dog food and it said tony's and so tony walks over and grabs it and he's holding it in his hand and he threw it up in the air and we're and and so the guy behind the counter comes over and accuses Tony of trying to steal the dog food. And I'm like, are you what? I you know, I'm trying to tell this guy, this old white guy, what was going on. And I'm like, no, I I'm the one that pointed out his name is Tony, da-da-da. And he's you know, cussing him out, you're trying to steal this. And Tony was like, Are you kidding me? And pulls out a stack of money like this thick. And throws like a $20 bill at him and was like, are you kidding me? Well, why don't I try to steal a can of dog food, you know? And, and at that moment, I could see the frustration in Tony because he'd just come out of the setting with my grandfather. We drive 30 minutes away. We go into a gas station, which normally probably would be a safe place, you know? And he's being, being stereotyped, you know? He's being called out because of his color. And so we, we leave and we go back to the hotel and I'm like, listen, man, we, if you want to, we'll head back to Michigan tomorrow because I, I'm not, I, it's never been this way for me. I've never experienced this here, never knew this was an issue. And now I see it and, and I don't like it. And it's just not who I am. And I don't want you to think that because that's where they are, that I'm going to be that way. And he knew better. He knew better. And we, we, we left. Uh, next day or so and went back and but my point to that is this 
my grandfather didn't realize what he was doing and and the hurt that he that he portrayed i later on it was out of ignorance yeah right he's just he's that's his upbringing yeah it was his upbringing upbringing not that not that that not that that justifies it i'm just saying that he didn't know better he just didn't know yeah not at all but but like i said there is a good point to the story after spending some time talking to him and to his wife uh my grandmother and sharing with them you know the story the whole story what what's going on and 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 him seeing his grandson who he he hasn't known you know for all of my life and to see and hear my heart it had an impact on him and a few years later he was uh, on his deathbed and i was able to actually be there at the hospital with him when he took his last breath but, he called me over to him and he was like, grandson, I want you to know I love you and I'm so sorry for what I did. And please pass it on to Tony that I'm sorry. And I didn't, I didn't know. I don't know. You know, and and again, not justifying what he did, because that will never be justifiable. But the repentance of his heart after being educated and have a knowledge of what's going on. So here, this brings up a couple things. Number one, racism has to stop. All racism, the racism towards Israel right now has to stop. Uh, the racism towards Middle Eastern, um, the racism towards African-Americans. Listen, the, the racism towards white people right now has to stop. Uh, this this whole um, hating the white man because of something our ancestors did hundreds of years ago and taking it out on us has, has gotten be- become ridiculous as well. So to me, racism has to stop, and it and it begins with me, begins with you, it begins with every person watching and and us doing our part. My part was to go and sit down with my grandfather and say, "Here's where you're wrong." and give an explanation and have an open conversation, which ultimately caused him to rethink and apologize. Um, I can't do anything about what his father did or grandfather did or great grandfather did, but what I can do, getting back to topic at hand, is say it starts with me and break the curse so that that racism that was in that lineage um, would not come onto me. Now, I will say this, my dad was, was not a racist racist person at all. Matter of fact, he was born and raised in Chattanooga. And it was always a joke that God would uproot him and put him in Detroit eventually. And our church was like 70%, you know, African-American. Yeah. Uh, 800, 800 people and, you know, 600 of them are African-American. And my dad's from Chattanooga with this Southern draw, you know, uh, who became, you know, a very uh, prominent pastor and, and, uh, uh, somebody that was loved by the African community, African-American community, big time. And so he, he put a stop to it. He knew what his family had encountered years before, or part of the family, not, not both sides, but part of the family. Because the funny thing about it is his mom, my grandmother, uh, was full-blooded Choctaw Indian. So how the two of them got together, I have absolutely no idea. That's for another conversation, another, another podcast, right? But we, we look at it and we say, these are things that have to stop. So racism is one 
that if you know there's a history in your family, you have to be responsible for saying enough is enough. As of right now, it stops with me. Uh, depression, man, depression runs in the family. It's not just something that is a, well, one person got upset or depressed or going through you know something and they're depressed. That happens too, but sometimes this is a something that is passed down from generation to generation to generation, especially when your parents are depressed and you think, you find out that this is all I know, I'm going to be depressed. And then your kids, all they're going to be depressed because that's all that they know as well. And it goes back to the same cycle that we just talked about with my grandfather. Again, not trying to justify depression, but when that's all you know, and you don't know to do anything other than that, there has to be a point where somebody in the family says, okay, this isn't right. Enough is enough. I'm putting a stop to it. Same thing with divorce, man. I, I, uh, I know a lot of families that, you know, for generation after generation after generation, they've gone through divorce and divorce is horrible. It's a horrible thing. I've, I've experienced it myself. Um, it's horrible. It's horrible. If you have children involved, it's a horrible situation, but if you're not careful and you allow that process that you go through in divorce to take a hold of you and you never get victory over it, your sibling, you're not your siblings, but your children and their children could experience some of the same things you did because you haven't been careful about what you say, what you do. You know, the words that come out of our mouth, our children are paying attention. Our actions, the things that we we listen to, the things that we watch, our children are paying attention to. And, and, and some people want to know why their children are rebelling and why their children are acting out the way they are. It's because of their examples that they're hearing, whether it's you or the examples that you allow in your home. Who's speaking to, into your ears? Who's speaking into your mindset? And so we see this. And, and the thing about it is a Satan you know, is referred to in the Bible as a snake. And think about this for a second. The viper puts venom in a bloodline when a viper, you know, takes a, a, a latches on to, to a human or an animal. When it does, it puts those fangs into the skin. It inserts a venom uh, into the bloodline. Uh, it, think about the python. The python, it kills by strongholds, right? It wraps around you. And every time you take a, a deep breath in it constricts even more so until the point where you can no longer breathe and it, it suffocates you think about satan you know he's referred to as as a serpent uh multiple times in in the word and uh so many times you can see where satan has as a viper has attacked people and he's inserted his venom into them and into their bloodline, which means now for the children and for uh, their families, it can be a lifelong generational uh, sickness, so to speak, that is attached to them because the enemy was given the freedom and the ability to latch on and, and uh, affect the bloodline. And uh, what happens a lot of times is the person that is going through it, they just feel like, oh, you know, bad luck on my part. I'm going to, I'll get through it eventually, hopefully. And they don't realize that the enemy has attacked them. And now you, you have to put a stop to this. You have to, you know, plead the blood of Jesus. You got to cast out some demons, 
whatever the case may be, you know, healing and deliverance may need to take place for, for that situation, especially to keep it from continuing on in through the bloodline. But then the Python comes along and we, we see the word stronghold. I use the word stronghold for a purpose because a lot of times when the Python will attack and how Satan attacks is he likes to get his grip on you and he becomes a stronghold like a Python. I, I mean, I've watched uh, just videos uh, of a python attacking another animal and just eventually crushing the bones of an animal, whether it's like, say, a deer or something like that. And it'll crush it to the point where the, 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 the deer is small uh, compared to what it was. And that's what a stronghold does is a stronghold gets a hold of our lives and it will continue to crush and shrink you as an individual mentally spiritually emotionally until the point where the enemy has completely got his stronghold to the point where he's controlling your every single move and that's what the enemy has done and uh, i try to i try to put the the snakes in there because number one you know he's referred to as a serpent the enemy is uh but for people to realize that you know whether it's by venom or whether it's by stronghold the enemy is doing everything he can to seek, steal, and destroy and kill each and every one of us out there. And so everybody, you know, everybody in every family has an issue somewhere. Um, I used um, a quote the other night, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote it right now and 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 utilize it, but uh Basically, it was saying uh, about the family, and I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. I had it a second ago. I'm trying to remember it uh, about the one. Here, I can pull it up on my phone. Well, I want to. I want to um, comment real quick on stronghold. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Because yeah, go ahead. because a, because a stronghold, it, it usually is an idol in your life. So whatever you're be, yes. uh, worshiping can become that stronghold. If it's you know something like let's say uh, pornography. Pornography is another one. A uh, couple looks into pornography, it you know entices you. Then you go back for a little bit more. Well, I'm only going to look for a couple minutes this time, and then it's 15 minutes the next time. Before you know it, you're in it two, three hours a night. Then your marriage is falling apart, or whatever relationship you're in, mm-hmm. and it becomes this all-consuming idol in your life. Everything revolves around it, and a stronghold is very. It can be similar in many fashions because a stronghold gets just like AC said. It gets its grips into you. It gets its nails deep into your flesh, and it won't let go. And you know, as Christians, we know that the blood of Jesus can deliver us from those strongholds, and has. I mean, I've had some of these. I I was pornography was not my addiction, but I had other addictions, and so Mm -hmm. you know, God set me free from all of those. Um, But it is it. It's your will. Your mind, will, and emotions get so involved in whatever this idol is in your life that it just, it becomes all-encompassing and it has to be broken. And I don't know, you know, AC, I don't, from a secular point of view, uh, when it comes to like a stronghold and how you get delivered from it, I mean, what we see is most people end up in like a rehab center for drugs or alcohol uh, or even for pornography um, if it's a divorce issue, you, they're going through the courts and they're going through, like, there's all these remedies in the secular society that aren't necessarily remedies. I mean, they call, we would call them remedies, but they're not, they're not, they're not healing the deeper issue. They're not going to the root of right. the problem. Right. And I think that's the important part to stress here. Um, for anybody that's not a believer in watching, 
that to get completely set free, we believe as brothers in Christ, the League of Brothers here, that the only way to do that is through Jesus Christ. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm just telling you that's what we've seen. I, we've seen it over and over again in people's lives. You can, um, I've seen it with people that were in the LGBTQ community that have come, you know, wanted to get free from, from their, um, you know, perversion, whatever that perversion may be. And they say, you know what? I want to get free from this. And they set their mind to it. They tried to do it through their own will, through their own efforts. And eventually they come to Christ and they're set free in a moment. You know, they go to a church, someone delivers them from it, and they get they get set free. So it is possible to be set free from all of these things, but you have to want to. It has to be, your will has to be made up to decide, you know what, I need to get free. I need to get right. these hooks out of me. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, that's, that's a good uh, analogy. There is secular ways of trying to be healed, so to speak, is going through some of those processes and, and, and you know what listen uh the 12-step program for people who are on drugs or alcohol it's it's not a it's not a it's a bad program it I, i've seen it help people i really have and they've been able to to break some of the addictions but if you if you listen to some of those uh groups they'll tell you you're still addicted you're still an addict you just have learned how to control it the difference between that and being healed and delivered and set free by the power and blood of Jesus Christ is if you are an addict and you've been healed, you're no longer an addict. You're, you, you, you don't have to worry about carrying that baggage around anymore. You can be completely set free from that and not have to carry that baggage of all the mistakes through the addiction process and the addiction and now you're going through a healing process now that god can heal your mind and heal your heart um heal your soul and he can he can wash you from that clean you from that and and separate you from that again never to have to worry about the addiction part of it again and the beauty about god and and i didn't get to bring this up the other night but the beauty about that is he doesn't remind you of your past when, when you've accepted him as your savior, he doesn't sit around reminding you of all the bad stuff you've done, like people will do, right? He doesn't, he doesn't do that. He, when he says, I've forgiven you, and he, he, he says it like this, who the son has set free is free indeed. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If he sets you free, if he breaks chains and bondages off of your life, that's that's what he wants, and he doesn't want to bring it up again. He also says that he'll cast the sin into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be brought up by him again. That's not the intention. Now, will the enemy try to bring up your past? Absolutely. Uh, for us, we have to remind him of his future and that he is defeated. Hey, do you have that scripture, uh, Psalms 140? I want to I yeah. read this because I think this is a good moment. To say this, rescue me, O Lord, from evil men. Protect me from violent men. These, or they devise evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together and stir up wars. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent's poison of a viper under their lips. Selah. 
Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Protect me from violent men who intend to trip up my steps. I think that's so important, especially when you're trying to deal with any type of attack from the enemy or curses, generational curses, is understanding that God is for you. And when he is for you, nobody can be against you. The enemy is going to try to rise things up. They're going to try to bring your past up and this and that. But when you have confidence in the Lord and you can walk in authority and know that you have the ability to be free, understanding his word like this, and understanding where uh, the choir director uh, for David was saying here, rescue me, O Lord, from evil men. We know people are evil these days. Right now, it's you can just turn on the news and see the evil that's out there. And he's, and he's asking, protect me from violent men. You know, the word Hamas means violence in, in the Bible, in, in, in Hebrew. And so uh, they devise evil things in their hearts. They continually gather together and stir up wars. Sounds like what's going on right now, especially in our inner city, in the streets right now. People are stirring, evilness is stirring up hatred and stirring up a war. They sharpen their tongues like a serpent. There we go with a serpent, a viper or a python. And the poison of a viper is under their lips. What that's telling me is, number one, when they speak, they're spewing venom. Or, or, and take it another step further, when you become intimate with somebody like that, their kiss is full of venom. And that, my friend, when I read that scripture, that really spoke to me because not only are their words full of evil, full of that venom, but when you're intimate with people, if you're not careful who you are with, their very kiss could kill you with the, with the poison of the viper. And then he goes on in verse four, 4 to say, keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Protect me from violent men who intend. Their intention is to trip you up to cause you to stop where you're at. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm done with people trying to silence my voice. So one of the reasons why we're doing this, League of Brothers, is because we're, we're not going to be silenced anymore by, by the world, by the media, by, by what's going on. And this is an opportunity for us to have a voice and have a platform to speak about who we are, what we believe in, speak about the love of Jesus. Um, as my girlfriend says all the time, you know, she just wants to, we want to wash people's feet. Um, that's to be humble, to be low, not to stand up and be haughty, to be low. And and to be able to wash a person's feet and to love on them in a place of low, lowness. I, I'm just, that's a powerful yeah. thing. Yeah, but AC in today's culture, servitude is, is, you know, this, it's reprimanded almost. Like you're not supposed to serve. Everybody wants to be, you know, go viral on TikTok or on YouTube shorts or something like that. That's what we've lost in society. This is this is what's torn uh, the very fabric of the family apart and, and culture in general is this. There used to be a humility. And, and I understand there's false humility, too. But in general, most mm-hmm. people understood there was a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up, like, you know, maybe after the general. In fact, tonight we were before we went live we were at applebee's right and we there was a bunch of older gentlemen that were gathered at a table and i was kind of listening to them and they were talking about they were world war ii veterans and vietnam veterans Mm -hmm. and listening to some of their stories and just great guys you know 
70s, 80-year-old guys and just laughing and having a good time. But speaking of brothers, you know, they're a brotherhood. So after we got done mm -hmm. eating, I stood up. I said, hey, I just want to, you know, I was eavesdropping a little bit, you know, and they started laughing and we were talking a little bit of football and whatever. And I, I said, I just want to tell you guys, I appreciate you. I appreciate what mm -hmm. you've done, you know, your service to this country, uh, what you guys, you know, keep, for me and my, my children right here, you know, the freedoms they're enjoying because of what you guys did. And they, they, they appreciated that. But they were humble. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they had a humble spirit about them. It wasn't this, like, you know, braggadocious thing where they were like, yeah, yeah, we did that, you know, we're, we're that generation. You know, it was none of that. It was just like, hey, we really appreciate that. Thank you, you know. And, mm -hmm. and it was just, mm -hmm. you know, Americans treating each other with respect and dignity and kind of joking around. But it doesn't seem like that's, that is definitely not prevalent in our culture today. It has gone by the wayside. And it's sad because that's what's creating so much division. You know, they're going to tell us the color of our skin or your religion or this or that. That should divide you. But that's what they need. The enemy always wants division. Divide and conquer. You can't conquer when people are united. I mean, look, and this goes on the negative side. I mean, we look at the story of the, of the Tower of Babel. God had to come down because they were uniting, but they were uniting for evil. So there's power in unification. So if we can come together in the in the love of you know God especially and loving one another, just think of how wonderful the place will be. No, I'm not going to say it's going to be heaven on earth. Your evil's here until Jesus returns. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's mm -hmm. it's this place where we have to submit a little bit and love our even love your enemies, right? Mm -hmm. you, 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 we have to get to that point where the love is so deep and compassion, you know. I, I'm going to talk about some brothers and sisters right now that I've seen this happen with, especially in the church. And this isn't an unpleasant topic, but it's true. And I've seen it multiple times. People that profess to be Christians are some of the largest hypocrites I've ever met in my life. And I've seen them walk without compassion and judging, very judgmental and hypocritical. And I understand if you're an unbeliever and you've seen that, and you say, see, all those believers are just like that. I promise you they're not all just like that. There are some. Right. But it, but for the most part, most of us understand we want to move with empathy and compassion just as Jesus did when he was walking the streets of Jerusalem. And that's what we've lost. That, that sense of humility and compassion is almost vacant. Right. It's, it's, it's sad. Right. You know, I, I, I want to actually address one other thing you talked about. Um, the humility is one, but, you know, in the generation that, that we are seeing come up right now, um, there is a way to be on TikTok, to be on Instagram, to have platforms. There's a way to do that and it not completely be about self-promotion. And the only way to really do that is to promote Jesus. Now, I can promote this League of Brothers. Uh, I'm part of it. You're part of it. I can promote it. And, you know, on one hand, somebody said, oh, he, he's self-promoting because, you know, I see his face and stuff on it. But really, if if I'm promoting it because the what we're trying to do is point people to Jesus, and it's not it's not really about you or really about me, then then I think there is a path. It's a, it's probably a really thin line, right? 
that young people can can be involved in and still uh, be somebody on these platforms. Uh, but they 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 got to do it in a way where it's just not about self promotion. Um, I struggled with that for years, for years because I I felt like. I had to do that in order to get my name out there so that people would call on me and have me come and lead worship or speak at an event. And I'll be honest with you, same thing when it comes to like honorariums. I just felt like, oh, well, I've done this, this, and that. I've played here. I've done this. That, you know, an honorarium had to be a certain amount of money or something like that for me to go. And Holy Spirit really nailed me and put me in check years ago and uh i don't i don't even talk about money my thing is if god wants me to go and do something he's my provision the church isn't the building isn't the the event isn't my provision he's my provision and so i'll go and ask god what does he want me to say what does he want me to do what does he want me to sing what you know what's my role what's my part here and 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 do it and trust in him to be the provision. And so I've, I've come out of that. Um, I'm not going to say I'm perfect. Um, well, I want to I touch on that real quick, just for people that don't know. Okay. AC, AC is a worship leader and has an amazing God-given gift of sing, being able to sing. I mean, his voice is incredible. Um, and that would be, and I have AC, and I know because you were in the music industry, so you know this. How many people have the same gift, but used it for worldly fame and pleasure and fortune? Um, I mean, it's there's a ton because that is a gift. Not everybody can sing, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you've used your gift. And yeah, you said you went a little wayward there for a while and said, oh, look what I can do. And look at the accolades. And these people are inviting me to this mega church. And I'm in the music industry recording and look at the people I'm hanging out with that can get to your head, especially as a young yeah. man. Right. But it's, yeah. but it can but, as an old man, it can when, as an old when man somebody's too, giving sure. you accolades and somebody's recognizing you and putting you on a pedestal, it doesn't even matter what your age is. That's people, people look for that. I, I hate to say it, but people do now. Not everybody does because a lot of people have come to the understanding of who they are in Jesus. Right. And for me, even though I was singing about God, thinking about Jesus, and I was teaching about him, until you have a certain type of encounter or experience with him, you may not even see the struggle that you're having when it comes to things like that. And coming out of my family where my dad and my grandparents and great-grandparents have been in, in ministry, and some of them in the music industry, uh, it, it, when you see that that's what they did it, and you, you're just kind of doing the same thing again, going back to what we talked about earlier, you're just kind of doing what you, what you've seen until you have your own personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Some of that stuff doesn't even make sense to you until he comes into your life in such a way and, and you encounter him and when that happens, man, things change. Things really change. And that's what happened for me. Again, I'm, I'm not perfect. And there's been times, uh, you know, one of the things I love about uh, Tammy, she keeps me grounded in things. I mean, I, 
I posted something promoting resting place one night and it had my picture on it and you made a comment about it. And I was like, women, what? women have a, Come women on. Have a way of doing that. Don't they? <laughs> women have a way do. of doing my that. wife. My wife will always grounding. That's right. Yeah. If I ever right, right. remotely start thinking I'm something, <laughs> she'll ground me. And so I, I, I'm, I've been, I've been um, conscientious of, Every weekend when I'm trying to promote resting place that I'm, I'm not promoting myself. And that's, that's my heart's desire. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a matter that I was trying to intentionally do it, but I was doing it because for so many years, I've seen so many of my friends doing the same thing. I put my name and my face on there because it was yeah. like a drawing because people knew who yep. who you were or 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 the name and so you would put that up there because it, it would be drawing people and listen i i'm not here to argue with other ministers or or music industry people which i'm not here to argue with you because i i see both sides of that fence um because you can use it for god's glory just for me there are times where you have to separate that and i what we're talking about tonight is really it's going back generations on how my family did some self-promotion mm -hmm. now that I look back sure. at it and how making a decision to try to put Jesus first and everything was one of those encounters and experiences that I had with, with Jesus years ago that started me on this track of trying to fix that. And again, like I said, there's times where, you know, I, I, I fall on that and, it's it's not an intentional it's, it's thing, a, it but could be there's a times you do that. Sure. Yeah, it can be a slippery yeah. slope. But but here's the thing: it's about the heart of the person. It's always about the heart. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, and it can be taken the wrong way, especially in the days of social media. I mean, everything is promoted via social media now, so everybody has a platform essentially. I mean, let's face it: if you go on Instagram, you go on TikTok. You got these young girls taking selfies all day long of themselves with the perfect filter and the perfect, you know, angle of the camera, uh, right? Everybody's self-promoting something. And, right. and that's that's been the challenge. I know even for me, like I know what gets clicks, AC. I'm not dumb. I know I know I could, there are several right. things I could, I could do and it would easily get us clicks. But I told God, he told me to get into this. So I did what he told me and I'm going where he leads. Doesn't mean mm -hmm. I've been perfect. Of course not. I've made a lot of mistakes, but I will say this: I won't sell out. I'm not. I know what gets the clicks. It's not hard. I can. I can easily do that and self promote. And the hardest part for me is, like we said earlier at the beginning of the show, I said, "Hey, if you're out there and you feel so inclined, can you please click on the thumbs thumbs up button because it helps get us in the algorithms?" Well, that could come across as like, "Well, see, he's a hypocrite. He's mm -hmm. he's self promoting." But it's. But see, the intention of my heart is not because I need a huge channel or something. It's because I want the message. I feel the messages that we are doing on, on all my shows, you know, even with the children, when we're in Megan Walsh's case and all these stuff, these things, I, those are important subjects to me. And I think to God, I think children are important. Uh, I think families are important. I think the gospel is important to bringing peace to a, a chaotic, you know, situation we're in right now. So yeah. all of these things are on our hearts. So it, I do understand from the other side of this screen, if somebody was watching, they could say, well, these guys are self-promoting and they're saying they're yeah. not. So I get that. Yeah. I totally understand that. Sure, I don't want to like just glaze that over, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
it's almost like there's going to be a happy medium because you know well i'm not going to keep talking about conversations that tammy and i keep having but even tonight uh we were talking about uh, a church a specific church whether or not they were promoting on social media and uh you know she just casually responded you know we just let jesus take care of that people come that they're supposed to be there and you know on one hand you can't even argue with that no okay but on the other hand god's also given us the creativity and he's given us platforms to use that we would never reach without using it right and uh what it's done is it's it's brought to um updated where i used to go out with our church when i was a kid and we have flyers all over the city and invite people to come and because we didn't have any other way to do it but i wasn't trying to self-promote myself or my church because i was out handing out a flyer we were just literally trying to invite people to church and so I think there can be, like I said, that happy medium where you can, you can still use the, the platforms to invite people to open up conversation and dialogue without pushing an agenda that's not centered around Jesus, I guess is the best way to say that. Um, and again, you know, just like I said, how, how our, our women like to keep us grounded. But anyways, hey, are you Couple keeping up? Are you keeping up with these the comments that are coming up? Yeah, I want to. Yeah, so my good friend, uh, Curious Patriot, said difference between confidence and arrogance is a very fine line. That is a fine line. We are in. in yeah, it's you can become arrogant and not even know it. You know, like I, I'm I've telling you, there. I, there's there's plenty I've of there. yeah, there's plenty of preachers. Um, if if there's let me put, I got to be careful with this. There, there's lots of preachers that I've seen. Some of them televangelists that um have the answer to everything when someone has the answer to everything i am very very suspicious of who that person is and who their character is because nobody has it all except god himself and so right that always rubs me the wrong way um i that's that's right. something i i look for all the time and especially in preachers and, and anybody you know claiming to be a christian for that matter because if you have it right. all, you really don't. And that's arrogance. That's pride. You don't. Uh, also, 480 said, yeah, I've been on a worship team on worship teams. The enemy hates worship leaders. I've seen many of them struggle hard. You've had your problems in the past. Well, let's, let's think about this. Yeah. Let's think about it. So uh, Lucifer uh, was heaven's worship leader. And Lucifer had the attention of God. Elohim himself, Abba Father, he, he had the attention because he was the worship leader of heaven. And, you know, he, he, he seen the worship and the praise that God was getting, and it got to him, and he wanted some of that same praise and worship. He wanted people to, to worship him because of who he was. And that, my friend, is some of the issue that we see in churches today in leadership is people, uh, they begin to look to you because of what you're saying and what you're preaching and what you're praising, who you're praising and worshiping. And if you're not careful as a leader, you start receiving that as if it was for you. Like, like they're, they're praising you for what you've done, even because people will come up to you. I can't tell you how many times. I mean, it happens on a weekly basis. 
wherever I'm at, if I'm in Baltimore or DC or here in Detroit or wherever, you, after a worship service or after a, a conference and I'm speaking, people come up to me like, oh my goodness, that song today was amazing. You did a great job. Or that word that you released today was just, and, and I've had to understand that what they're really saying is God really used you today. He spoke through you or he sung through you so that his glory could be manifested here today. That, that's not what they're saying. But I've had to, to hear what really is the truth because it is so easy, as you just said, for that, for you to receive that and to think that you can do it exactly what Lucifer did. So now Lucifer is ticked off because what happened to him? He got kicked out. He's like, God was like, you're evicted, bro. You got to go, you know, do not pass, go, do not pass, collect $200. You got to go. And so he gets kicked out. He takes some of his, his buddies with him and his job now on earth is to try to get people to worship and praise him like he's seen what happened with Abba Father. And so what he's done now is he's tricked the hearts and the minds of people to anything that's not worshiping God by default is worshiping him. That's what the Bible says. If you're not worshiping God, there's something else you're worshiping and it's not him. And it would be the enemy. So the enemy puts things in our life, puts things in our path to cause us to not focus on God and our worship and our praise to go towards God. And when that happens, whatever we turn to, whether it's a boat, you know, a lot of people go fishing all, all summer long or, or I'll say golf. I play golf all the time. I love golf. But some of my some of the greatest messages and, and even song ideas that come out of my time alone with the Lord on a golf course. So I try to utilize that, but there are times where I'm very competitive too, and I'm on a golf course. So, but if, if we're not careful, the things that we do, the things that we love doing is what we begin to worship. And it takes the worship off of our creator, off of Abba Father. And so to act, to respond to what our listener was referring to, a lot of those issues happen because we have a hard time separating ourselves from who God says we are as opposed to what people or who people say we are and, 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 and the concept of who we think we are ourselves. And so we have to be very careful with, with that. Um, you know, a lot of worship teams can be, can be very healthy because that's the mindset that the leader has and they, they see to it that the people on their team have the same type of mindset. But there are so many churches and so many worship teams that I have I've gone to visit or have gone to help train and teach, and they're they're so sick, they're, they're not healthy, and because it's the mindset of who they who they think that they are, it has nothing to do with who God says they are. Well, I I want to say this: I think the modern day brick and mortar church, not the body of Christ, but the actual brick and mortar buildings, have been set up almost like a, like a modern day stage, you know, like an, like an entertainment industry. I mean, you have the pulpit up on a stage and this is not saying that the stage is, I know, like, give me a second. I'm going to, the stage is not. I got to read for you in a second. 
there, the stage <laughs> is not a bad um, thing in and of itself, right? But in our culture, in a Hollywood culture growing up in this country, anybody put on a stage or raised above everybody else an audience is is held up to a, a, this level of like celebrity or something. And I've seen this, I've seen this so many times in, in churches, especially the mega churches, the bigger ones for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, yeah. But I know even in some of the church that I attended growing, you know, growing in my faith, I saw the pastor being held up to a, a, a level that he should have never been held up to. Not that he wasn't a good person and that he wasn't doing God's work. It's just people, the audience, his audience was led to believe his congregation that he's a perfect man and he has no faults and he, boy, he's just this man of God and doesn't have any struggles, no trials and tribulations in his life. And that's not true. The pastor has a a lot on his shoulders in a church. He's carrying the weight of everybody's problems and, you know, everybody's calling and asking for advice and commenting on things. Um, or disagreeing with with him or her, it's just it it's gotten to this level that I don't think it should have ever been. I think it's laid out. Is it in is it Second Timothy or First Timothy? It's laid out the the order of a church. Now, thankfully, our church that that uh, AC has founded, uh, Resting Place Detroit, is not like that. Um, and I I'm not saying, and I, I have to. Gosh, let me get my little uh, let me get my disclaimer out here. <laughs> what I'm not saying is that <laughs> sorry i'm not saying that all pastors are bad if they're preaching from a stage right i'm not saying that i'm just saying in our culture that is what we've been raised to see if somebody's on a stage they must be famous or a celebrity or they have something very important to say and and all eyes are fixed and the preacher does have important things to say but right. that preacher if you're transfixed on him and not the the actual um meaning behind the message if it is a good message indeed like yours are good messages you start saying wow this guy really knows something look look at how smart he is look he must know the bible backward and forward oh he must have been to the best you know like that's that's where i love you man because like you're not like that like i i still remember i've i always said if a preacher can go before his congregation and apologize that's the guy i want to i want to go and, and attend his his uh, congregation, be part of his congregation. And you did that. You, I mean, you literally came out and said, I'm sorry, I personally didn't even think you needed to apologize. <laughs> but, but you you know, that was between you and the Lord, obviously, and you, you felt he was leading you to do that, and you obeyed. And that, to me... Well, I that's, misquoted that's a, a scripture. And so oh, that's, yeah, I, that's, yeah. I, I needed to rectify that. Um, I, well, I, I misquoted a name. Uh, there's two people in the Bible with the same name, and I read a scripture and was and applied that scripture to the wrong person, the wrong the wrong one with the name, and so I I had to I had to fix that for one, um, but well that kind of stuff keeps you humble, you know. And one of the things about resting place that uh, that I enjoy is whether I'm I'm singing or if I'm speaking, I do everything from the the main floor. I don't. I don't like being up on the, the top platform. Um, I I like to be in the mix with everybody. I, and I, I think people feel less uh, threatened by that. I think people feel like they're on the same page as me, like we're on the same playing ground. And that's the way it should be. Now, don't take me wrong. I believe that men and women of God should be honored 
and they should be respected um, for for their calling and their gifts and what God is using them to do. But God's not God's not putting them uh, so lofty and above others that it should it's making people feel uncomfortable. I don't now listen, God gives us spiritual authority. God gives us uh, you know things that that help us to lead and govern uh, in a lot of situations. But he doesn't do it as a dictatorship either. You know, one of the things about resting place that that I love is I love having everybody have a voice in what we do. Um, at any given time, anybody at resting place that either is part of our team, leadership team, or staff, or just attends. At any given time, they have uh, the opportunity to to talk to me, um, call, text, whatever, uh, because that's just what that's just how we that's how we do things. That's how I wanted to do it. You know, growing up in the church and being part of ministry my entire life, I've seen a lot of things that I didn't ever want to be part of again. And so I've kind of tried to do some things with resting place that I've learned, but I never wanted to do again and be a part of. Uh, I think it's one of the reasons why it hasn't taken on, taken, taken off as fast as I thought it would in a lot of ways is because it, we're so different. We're, we're not acting as your typical um, traditional type church. No, it's, um, it's not, it's not like the Greek, it, like it's different almost every week. Like it's just wherever yeah. God leads, it goes. And that's what I love about it. I love that. It's not, not that there's anything wrong with tradition. I, I don't want to harp on, you know, that tradition is bad. Tra some traditions are very as good. Long, it's good as long as it doesn't, again, it's honor, take if it's honoring away. God, it's, yeah. Right. If it's taken yeah. away from who God is and it's putting the focus back on individuals, traditions are bad for that. Yes. Um, it, it becomes religious and I, I don't want anything to do with religion. I want to do no. relationship stuff with God. That's what I want. Yeah. And with, with people and I, listen, I'm not trying to promote resting place. And I, I hate that we got off on this. I do appreciate well, no one, but the, no one's the questions in the comment. The reason I say that is because the audience watching, none of them are local. So they wouldn't, <laughs> they're probably never going to attend a resting place service on a Friday night, but well, I want them to know you where, who to you come are. Yeah. Be with us, right? You can watch, you can watch online. Um, but I will yeah, say this, you know, I'm just trying to, to show the character of, of the man I know that's sitting next to me on the screen. Yeah. Like I, like we become fast friends, quick brothers. I mean, in a short amount of time, because I knew his heart. I knew right away. The first time you were on our show, on that Wednesday show when me, you know, came on with me and Matt, I knew. I mean, I just knew right then and there. I felt the presence of God so strong that night that we were going to be connected and there would be something going forth. And I'm, I'm just, that's, that's what I want the audience to know is that you're, what you see is what you get. He's not, he's the same person yeah. on a screen, up in the pulpit. It doesn't matter. It's the same human being, same heart, uh, cares about people, cares about the message, you know, getting the message out. And that's, that's both of our priorities. I mean, that's why I think God has brought us together because we both have a passion to see people healed, um, both, you yes. know, not only physically, but mentally, spiritually, all those okay. things are uh, incorporated in it going forward. And we know that a harvest is coming. We know a great harvest is just around the corner and we want to be prepared and ready for it. And we want, you know, as many people that maybe don't agree with us right now, maybe on the other side, you might agree with us. You might say, you know what? Them two guys that were on that one night, 
they were speaking some stuff and yeah, it was kind of hit me, you know, and maybe I, I didn't disagree. I agreed with some of it, disagreed with other things, but maybe in, you know, another year, maybe your mind changes a little bit, you know, circumstances changes and changes in all of our life. Um, and so that can lead you to some pretty dark places. I know that's where I had to go before God got a hold of me. I was in a very deep, dark well that I thought I would never get out of. And, uh, you know, thank God he loved me enough to, to pull me out of that well. Hey, I think if I'm not mistaken, Gino, I think at one time you told me when we first met that you you really hadn't been to a a church in a while. You just you you oh, just yeah. didn't really have faith much in the churches again. And the fact that you're you're at a resting place every Friday night, you mm-hmm. know, is testament about what God can do uh, to change yeah. our mindsets. You know, I, I want to say this too about. Um, just kind of wrapping up a little bit on the generational curse and how it has affected Christianity and how has it affected the church for so many years. You know, I'm, if you, you can put it up if you want, I'm not going to read much of it. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase, but second Samuel 11, we where it talks about David and Bathsheba. Um, you know, we look at the lineage of David and from King Solomon you know, Solomon had, uh, what was it, like 700 wives and 300 side chicks. I mean, the guy was uh, a modern-day pimp. I mean, I don't know what else to say. But, you know, you had Solomon, and then you had uh, Absalom, whose rebellion brought bloodshed and grief to his family. Uh, and, and it affected, you know, a lot of the stuff that David had done. Um and then you look down at Rahab, the harlot. She was actually part of the same bloodline coming from David. And she was what a, not only a prostitute and an innkeeper, but she was the like great-granddaughter of King David. I mean, so there was a lot of stuff that was going on with that bloodline. But here's the part that I want to share. There, there was somebody else that was part of that bloodline that came from King David. And his name was Jesus Christ. And if you, you read the Bible, you'll see where Jesus was referred to as the son of David. And the son of David was literally King David. And as much of that King David did for both good and evil, good and bad. Um, and at one time, you know, David was the one person, the only person in the Bible that said, God said he was a man after his own heart. Um, he, he was the greatest worship leader uh, that's been recorded here on earth, away, not including Lucifer when he was in heaven. And, but David also had a bloodline, his lineage, that was in a lot of ways cursed. When we see, like I said, when it came from David to Solomon to Absalom to Rahab, and you know, but you see some other good people like Tamar and different ones that were part of uh, that bloodline. Um, that lineage uh we we never know what happened previously with our family and if you don't know what happened a lot of times that is that's where we need to step in and say you know did my parents go through this did my great-grandparents go through this if so what what can i do to fix this and there's, there's a lot that you can do. Number one, you know, 
finding a place of healing to heal the wounds and the brokenness and the bitterness that this curse of these these things that may have brought into you and your family and then getting biblical and spiritual deliverance being delivered from the nightmare uh, and the frustration and the things that have attached itself to you concerning whatever you know the, whatever that curse has been whether it's a financial curse i mean i know families that for centuries have been cursed in their finances they they have nothing because it's all they've known that's what they've been taught this is where we are going back to my grandfather and so somewhere along the line that curse has to be broken to say no listen i can live in financial freedom i i can learn to give i can learn to have the windows of heaven opened up and the blessings poured out over my life because I'm breaking the curse by learning how to give. That's what the book of Malachi talks about. And so there are things that we can do to learn how to sever the serpent's head and crush the head, like is talked about in the scripture, so that we can move on from that place of feeling defeated to the place of being in victory. Um, one of the things that I wanted to share real quick before we, we get done, if I could find it here, um, was this. Um, I'm trying to find it. I had it for the other night. Well, while you're looking for that, a couple things. 480 said, I came, to, I came to Jesus through a heroin addiction. I have a hard time with what many times appears to be traditions of men. Yes, I, th I think a lot of us have that same, <laughs> same, same problem. Right, and right. then a good friend of us, a good friend of ours, uh, AC, mutual friend, Iris Jav, a.k.a. Barb, said, I love wrestling oh. place Detroit. Oh, Barb. Well, we absolutely love Barb. She's, she's amazing. Barb uh, is the whole reason I'm even podcasting. So if you love me or hate me, you can blame it on, on Iris Jab in the chat. <laughs> she's the one that made me do this. So yeah, Barb, she's amazing. We love her. Mm. She, is, uh, she is becoming one of the mothers of the house, and we absolutely love her. Uh, this is the one thing I want to say. If there's nothing else that anyone hears from me tonight, other than this, it'll be worth it all. Remember this. Family secrets don't keep you safe. They keep you sick. And I say that because there are, there are families who have covered up major sin, major wrongs, uh, whether it's, uh, and I, I hate to just speak it, but I, I mean, I, I know of a situation uh, like this and just, you know, like incest where there was a, maybe an uncle and a, and, a, and a niece and the niece gets pregnant and it's a nasty family secret or maybe it was a father and a, a daughter or whatever the case may be. And there's a nasty family secret that has just been kept secret for many, 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 many years and generations. And, and it's caused so much grief and depression and fear and anxiety and whatever that looks like in some people's lives that are watching tonight just remember this now i'm not what i'm not telling you, what i'm what i'm not telling you is to go and blab whatever's happened and tell the world that's not what i'm saying because that's that's going to cause you a whole nother issue 
a whole other issue that can wreck your life. What I am saying, though, is find somebody, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a, a minister or something like that, that you could share and get some things off your chest, which would allow some freedom to begin to happen and healing to begin to happen in your life. Just remember that, that your family secrets won't, don't, keep you, don't keep you safe. They keep you sick. And a lot of people will deal with this for lifetimes and generations because they just don't know how to deal with it or how to address it. And so tonight, if you're watching um, and you have felt defeated um, and, and you feel like throwing in the towel so many times as, as I have uh, in times past, just know this, that there is a solution. There is a way out. And tonight, you can get off this podcast and you can say, it stops with me. Um, I, you know, Barb, uh, I forget her call call letters or her, I, her I, name. Iris Jav. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw her under the bus just a little bit uh, in a good <laughs> way. But, you know, one of the things she came up to me Friday night uh, while we were praying for people, and she said, uh, I want to break the health curse off of my family. And she made comment that there have been many people who had thyroid cancer in her family, and it goes back a ways. And she wanted to pray Friday night that it would be broken off of her family, her, her children, her grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and those to come. And so we prayed and believed with her that that was going to happen. And so while I know she is victorious and she's, she moved from good to great and she'll, she'll get that uh, comment, but so many people that are watching right now that they don't, they don't, they don't understand that and they don't understand what to do. And it's not some kind of hocus pocus that I have or Gino has. Uh, and if anybody tells you that they do have some type of hocus pocus or potion that can help you in that, uh, you probably need to tuck tail and run uh, and get away from them because it doesn't happen that way. What what I do have to offer is this. The same person that came in and changed my life and and healed brokenness and bitterness and strife in my life. The same person that brought hope back to me. The same person that brought restoration to me, which is the whole meaning of resting place in the first place. A place to to restore, a rest. Uh, the root word of restoration is to rest. And it's a place, well, resting place is a place that we feel that God can come and rest upon his people. But it's also a place where we can climb up in our daddy's arms and we can find a place of rest and restoration where God can restore back to us what the enemy has stolen. And so for someone here tonight, uh, finding, finding and having an encounter with Jesus, you know, I don't know if you've seen this, Gino, but I've seen it. Um, on social media the last two days, three days, there was two about 200 Muslim men in the Gaza Strip. I almost said Palestine, but it's not Palestine. It's the Gaza Strip. There is no such thing as actually Palestine. You have Palestinians that live in the Gaza Strip, just for clarity. Um, in the Gaza Strip, 200 Muslim men had a dream, the same dream 
about Jesus Christ and woke up and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Wow. Wait, 200 at the same the same night? 200 wow. Muslim men wow. the same night had a similar dream and woke up and gave their heart to Jesus Christ. Well, that's, I know in the Middle that's East. That's a report that Mus I've heard. Yeah, I've heard the numbers as high as 80% of Muslims that come to the faith, the true faith of Jesus Christ, have had dreams. Because of a dream. Or visions. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have too. But to hear that 200 of them in the Gaza Strip yeah. and all the craziness going on right now. Mm -hmm. Listen, I, I, I hope that the, the, uh, the Jewish men and women have dreams mm -hmm. of Jesus. Yeah. who is the true Messiah that's coming back. I hope they have them and they receive Jesus as their, as their Lord and Savior. You know, both Muslim and, and uh, Judaism, they both believe in Jesus, right? Uh, Muslims believe he was a, amazing. He was a, he was a prophet. prophet um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Judaism, they do believe that he is, you know, the son of, of God, which is great. Um but neither one of them believe that he is the Messiah that's coming back. That's right. And uh, it's going to be a rude awakening for a lot of people. But yeah, let's, let's hope the rude awakening happens while there's still time to change. That's, that's what I'm hoping. Amen. Well, you know, listen, I mean, anytime you've got 200 Muslims who are having I'll dreams of Jesus on the same night, um, that's just, that's a listen, I would love to have a dream about Jesus and it radically changes <laughs> my too. life again. You know, I, I take it tonight. If you let me dream about Jesus tonight and it radically changes my life and, and to, to go into a whole different direction that he wants me or whatever the case may be. Uh, when you have a true encounter, like I've been saying, an encounter or experience with Jesus, you have a dream or a vision of who he really is. Uh, it will change your life. And, you know, I, I told I told Gino earlier today before we got on here. I, I don't really want this to be churchy. I don't yeah. want this to be religious. But what I do want it to be is real and just real talk. Two hundred Muslims had an encounter with Jesus in a dream. AC has had an encounter with Jesus. It changed his life, and it's still changing my life to this day. Gino has had an encounter with Jesus that has changed his life. And if you're, if you're watching and you are local Detroit person, uh, you can come and encounter that with us. We open invitation to be at resting place on Friday night at 7 PM. Uh, if you're not local and you are watching tonight and you want to watch us live again, I'm, I'm really not trying to promote resting place. I hate to even say this, but I, in, unless you tell them, they'll never know. And so having an opportunity to listen to, to Jesus. Now, I, let me clarify. We, we do not have service this Friday night because of Thanksgiving. It would be the following Friday that you get the chance to watch. <laughs> but um, the, the website is on the screen. Um, it, it'll give you more details it's, about RP. Yeah. And it's also in the description below the video. You can click on it. Yeah. yeah. Now, again, again, it's not about self-promoting. It's about the message and you will get the message right. there. And if you're looking for something untraditional, that would definitely be the place to go. Um, that's what I love about it. I don't know where it's going to go every week. It's, it's, 
It's amazing. I, I absolutely. It's probably why it. people come back because every week is different. Mm-hmm. It is. It's different. And it's, there are times it's, I leave it, there and I'm just like, "What just happened?" You know, there's but, times but I'm you, like, "Ugh." But but don't you think that like the Book of Acts? I mean, this is when the church really started getting its feet under it, right? And you see what the Book of Acts was. I mean, they were moving in signs and wonders. There was um, a there was like a community that cared about each other. If there was a need, the need was met by someone in the family. Um, you know, it was all these things that it, the church was supposed to be in the beginning. That's what it's supposed to be like right now. And I, I do think right. we're coming full circle. I think we are heading back to smaller group meetings where people can be discipled because let's face it, the, how many churches are even discipling? I mean, they just look at the numbers, the people come and they go, and then next Sunday they come back. Maybe they have a Wednesday service. It's, it's become right. this routine. It's, it's routinely religious rather than right. encountering the living God and, and seeing him move in your daily life, whether it's good times or bad. I mean, let's face it. <laughs> I've had a miserable 15 months personally, um, but I mm-hmm. know what God's doing in the misery. I see where he's going with it. And, you know, if you don't have them and you're in misery, that's, that's a bad place to be. I mean, I can't imagine going through what I've had to endure for 15 months and not have him to lean on. And, and don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Have I questioned his motives? <laughs> I sure have. Lord, I don't understand. Like, why? Why? You know, yeah. I probably said why about a zillion times, like the Israelites did in the uh, wilderness. But I, he knows he knows that ultimately I want to serve him. I want to do what he wants me to do. And, you know, in, in our right. path forward together, I know like we're going to, and also with Iris Jav, a.k.a. Barb, um, and, and my wife and my daughter and my, my, hopefully my son's eventually here soon. All of us. I, w- I know it's going to be like this family thing and it's going to be a very, gosh, I hate using the word communal because that's the wrong word. <laughs> but, but it's going to be a family that is going to mm-hmm. care about the lost and care about itself, care about its own family. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was mm-hmm. always supposed to be. My good friend Joyful mm-hmm. June has joined us, and she said, I agree with AC. I had an encounter with Jesus that changed me too. It was the experience of love, peace, and joy from him that was unforgettable. Amen to that. Isn't it? Now, when we say encounter, AC, I, maybe we should just clarify this a little bit. Sometimes there is an actual encounter with him. Sometimes it's through a circumstance. I mean, God can mm-hmm. reach you in a million different ways, and it's going to be a very personable, 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 personal an intimate way that he's going to reach you. Mm-hmm. Mine had to come through trials, severe trials, because I had a lot of pride issues inside. No one would have known that on the outside, but inside I was very prideful and God knew that. And he knew that if he could change that, he could still make something out of me. And, right. you know, it might be a different story for somebody else. Maybe they had something else going on inside, but that was my, one of my personal things. He had to take my business away. He had to tear, um, uh, I mean, basically everything. I mean, I lost car. I lost everything. Uh, bottom of the barrel. And it's, and I was literally like, depending, I had nowhere to go. And I had to like reach out and say, okay, if there's a God, and I grew up Catholic, I knew there was a God, but which one is the real one? Is it, is it this, is it Jesus or isn't it? You know, and I would look into new age. I would look into, you know, um, Allah and, and, you know, Judaism and all these different things. And I'm like, what is true? How do we know what's true? And I can tell you, right. just like Jesus himself said, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. If you seek truth, I had this 
very conversation with my brother-in-law who is becoming a Christian now. I, he was an atheist. And I told him five years ago, I said, bro, if you continue on the path you're going right now, seeking truth, it's going to lead to a man. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really understand that at the time. I knew he didn't, but I wanted him to know that because I knew he was going to come to faith at some point. I knew that if he kept doing, and, and this is the other thing, This is I should have said this. When you do come to the truth and you know without a shadow of a doubt that it's Jesus Christ, now you have a decision to make. Are you right. going to stay on the other side of the fence? Are you going to fence ride or are you going to jump over and join the family? And I can tell you this, that's a hard decision for some because you think you've been trained to believe in this right here by the world that, oh, now I got to follow all these rules and regulations and I can't have any fun. That's the thought process for a lot of people. Right. I can tell you that is a lie from the pit of hell. You will never be more free and happy and joyous when you jump over that fence. Now, I'm not going to say it's perfect. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. But you will have someone to go through those fires with now. And he'll never leave you or forsake you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's an amazing journey with him. I, I can't imagine, AC, and I know you can't either, imagine my life without him in it. I can't imagine it. I've been a Christian 20, almost 21 years. I cannot imagine going back to, and just like Jesus says, going back, the dogs go back to their own vomit. I could never go back to my own vomit. It just right, right. couldn't happen. Couldn't happen. Well, you know, uh, Gino, this has been, uh, I couldn't ask for a better beginning to our journey uh, with the League of Brothers. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask everyone to do do us a favor, continue to uh, like it, thumbs, you know, give us thumbs on it, um, and and even help us spread uh, the word. Um, as you can tell, this, again, if you've watched this any any amount of time, this podcast is not about Gino. It's not about myself. Uh, trust me, there's plenty of other things that both of us could be doing tonight. Um, we, we just made a decision that we, we want to have the heart of God and share things uh, that may help someone. Um, really, that's what it's about. If, if we're able to help one person, it's worth it all. Um, and some of the people that we're going to have on here, man, they got great stories. They got great, as you used the word testimony earlier, of things that God has done for them. And uh, I'm looking forward to them being on here with us just to share the heart of God um, with, with those watching. So again, we, we appreciate you guys. We, we thank you um, and uh, continue to join us on Mondays at 7 PM. Um, Gino has other podcasts as well. I know a lot of you know him from those and we appreciate you stepping over tonight on Monday night to, to pop in with us. Um, you may have seen my face on some of them because I've, I've done how many? Four or five? I think, four? I think you're at I think you're at seven, but seven. Uh, Miko Miko's done eight, so she's got. This doesn't count. We're not counting this one. So <laughs> you got to be yeah, on the Wednesday show me, for the for the record. Listen, I don't I don't mind I don't mind uh, letting somebody else take the lead on that one. But uh, <laughs> again, we 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 appreciate you guys tonight for for being part of us. Gino, uh, close this out, man. Close this out in some prayer or something. Yeah. For, real and, quick, uh, um, 
Real quick, Curious Patriot said, yeah. um, <laughs> he said, try to eat, Gino, thanks. And then I put, uh, ha ha, manja. I probably spelt it wrong, but I wanted you to know what I meant. Manja, manja, eat. Okay, that's Italian for eat. That's about the only Italian word I know. Uh, and then, Ray, oh, Raven2000 dropped in, my old friend Raven. Good to see you. Uh, I gained 100 new friends and kept my old ones. I was afraid my friends wouldn't want to be friends anymore. Yeah, I had the same, oh my gosh, I'm glad she brought that up. That is a great yeah. point. Yeah, that's another fear that you're going to lose all these people. And But here's the thing. Some of those people were weights around your ankles and you didn't know it. And and you some of those people you probably need to lose, right? <laughs> for, for sure. I had some family that I have some oh, family that I had to kick to the curb, man, because mm -hmm. uh, family or not, if they're not, if they're not, if they don't love Jesus and if they're not here to support me in my journey, then, you know, I love you, but you got to go. I have that. no problem. Yeah, like in my own family, I don't have a problem with people disagreeing with me because there are plenty in my family that would disagree sure. with my stance on things. But but we've it's it's been uh, uh, what do you, mutual agreement that we'll we'll still remain family and friends, and there's yeah. no split. Of course, that's great. But yeah. if someone's hostile towards me, you know, and and is yeah. name calling and backstabbing, okay, well that's someone I probably want to part with. You gotta go. And so, yeah, same. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes you just gotta be like, hey, I love you, but you gotta go. Uh, because you, you can't, you can't submit yourself to, uh, to that because you remember this as a believer and you're just starting out, you, you need to have as clear a path in your beginning stages to keep you from being completely derailed because the enemy is going to do everything he can to try to derail you. Right? So when you see obstacles, like maybe it's friends, maybe it's people, you know, on social media and you know, good and well that they potentially could be a problem, then, then you're prepared for that. And then as soon as one of them maybe becomes a problem, you can address it, you know, give them another chance to still, you know, be friends with you. And if not, Hey, again, it's okay. If you got to, Put them on silence or something for a while because, because bottom line is, is it's your walk with the Lord and and where He's leading you, you have to follow. And if somebody is not trying to join on and come along with you, sometimes you just gotta snip the tie until the opportunity to come back around, circle back around, and pick them up because maybe by then they've had a chance to think about you know what maybe maybe this is not what I want. Maybe I do need to change my life around. You circle back sure. around, pick them up, bring them along, and and help them on their journey as well. So, listen, we never want to just kick people to the curb and 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 never come back and never try to revisit that. That's not what I'm I saying. But you don't you don't want to you don't want to carry a lot of baggage and weight with you, especially in the beginning stages of your walk with the Lord, because uh, you're 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 bringing stuff on on top of what the enemy is going to try to trip you up with, and it, it sometimes. As new believers, it looks like it's a mountain that's too high to climb. And a lot of believers will give up in the process because they don't they don't know what to do. They don't know how to go about it. And so, you know, again, if there's anything we can encourage you, uh, being part of League of Brothers, and that's exactly what we are. We are League of Brothers. And by the way, brothers doesn't mean just men. Brothers is, gonna... you know, brothers in arms, it's men and women. You yeah, know, this is say. not a podcast just for men, by the way. Uh, it's it's literally a league of brothers means yeah. we're standing in this standing in this together we're going to stand in the gap for one another uh trying to lift people up trying to point them in the direction towards towards the father and uh, as we do that 
listen, I believe that God's going to pour out his spirit upon us, like the Bible says, and looking forward to it. As always, uh, my good friend, Curious Patriot in the chat gets a chuckle out of me. This chuckle from like the 1950s, did I just use a word from the 50s? <laughs> I don't know. Chuckle. I don't think I've ever used that I wasn't word, born. It, I wasn't born right, in the 50s, so I couldn't me tell neither. you that's a word from the uh, he said, when I came back to Christ, I didn't want any friends, so it was perfect timing. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, that's one way to look at it. Well, you know, I, I, want, I wanted friends, but I didn't want some of the people I was hanging yeah. out with when I got saved, you know? So, no, I'm with you, man. I, 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 I uh, can re relate to your comment, relate to it 100%. Well, Gino, why don't we why don't we wrap up tonight? Yeah. And if you yeah. wouldn't just mind uh, praying over us tonight, and um, and let's just thank God for those who are with us tonight and who are going to continue to watch it uh, throughout the next upcoming uh, hours and days and weeks and hoping, believing that this podcast is going to help somebody. Right. Father God, we lift up your name first and foremost. Uh, Jesus Christ, you are the Lord and Savior of our lives. We are thankful that you brought the um, audience to us tonight and that we just pray that their ears were open and their eyes were open. Uh, that their hearts were open to the message that was spoken tonight. Lord, we pray that your voice was heard, not our own. We're thankful for uh, bringing us together, AC and I. Uh, we're thankful for uh, the chat, the uh, poignant and funny comments tonight. We thank you guys for those. And Lord, I just pray that you will bless them all. Bless everybody watching this and everybody that will watch the replay. We just thank you for the live audience and those to come. And we look forward to the days ahead with uh, Resting Place, but also here on League of Brothers knowing that we're going to have some great guests on, great testimonies, and we know that uh, you will be glorified in all of them. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, amen. Amen. All right, brother. All right. I appreciate you. Love you, man. Yeah, man. I will uh, listen. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving uh, this coming weekend. Enjoy time with your family. If you don't have family, find some family. Go show up at Gino's house. He'll welcome you with open arms. I have a small house. My house is too small. <laughs> you, you've been here. No, the next house. Yeah, I got you. Seriously, guys, we appreciate Thanks, you. Raven. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we should start preparing now for uh, the holiday season. Uh, keep Jesus Christ yeah. the main reason for what we do. Uh, right. We celebrate Jesus at Christmas time. Well, it's not about Santa Claus, it's not about everything no, it's else. Not. Keep keep yep. what's real, the real thing. So, all right, guys. Bless you guys. guys. Tomorrow, hang on, let me, uh, real quick. Tomorrow yeah. night, rescue the. Let's see what is tomorrow. Tuesday, yes. Rescue the Fosters. Chris Stevenson is coming back on. He's we've got documents for his case. He was he's in New Hampshire. He's originally from Massachusetts. If you've seen his show a few weeks ago, he has a very compelling case to get his daughter back. And what they've done to him is. Uh, it's just disgusting, honestly. Uh, Wednesday night, back with Insight, Matt and I, Matt and myself. Nothing Thursday, obviously, with the holiday. Uh, but then we will be back Saturday night with Megan and I, uh, re-examined with Megan Walsh. And then the blender, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm going to see if I can, maybe they're lurking out there. There's a couple people I would like, I'll give you a hint, they're newlyweds right here on the foxhole. And uh, I might want them to co-host with me on the blender next this coming Sunday, but I don't know. I got to get in contact with them first. So we'll see how that goes anyway. Yeah. Cause Michael is out of town, by the way, that's what I should have said. You yes. weren't talking about me being, a no, I wasn't, not, no, not I wasn't. yet, not, not, not yet. yet, 
not yet. No, that was, this is, we have a um, Neo who's guest hosted with me a couple times. She has a great show in the morning, does a lot of Bible studies. Uh, and then her new husband, Canadian Patriot, a.k.a. Ron, he has a show called Better Lately on here. And uh, they got awesome. married and she moved to Canada now. And yeah, so she was from Chicago. But anyway, oh, yeah, I would, Canada. Yeah, Canada. Uh, <laughs> we love our Canadian CB brothers. Do you remember CBC growing up? Channel 9, Canadian station? No. Are you uh, serious? You don't remember that? Did you I watch hockey? Or I no? didn't watch. I did oh, watch man. some hockey. Okay. I didn't. Right. I didn't watch much TV. I, when I was a kid, man, we played outside until it was it was dark, and then it was time to come in and take a bath and go to bed. So, oh uh, man, yeah, you missed just, out because Don Cherry was on. Oh man, there was some great. I, I hockey. Think back I think in, we watched Channel Seven back in the day as much. Okay. My family watched yeah. Channel Seven. Yeah. I remember that being. I think there's still Channel Seven, but. Yeah, um, because we're so close yeah, to the border we, of Canada, folks, we had Channel 9, which was a Canadian CBC station, and you could watch hockey games. And, and like back then, hockey wasn't popular in the United States, so sometimes you might catch it on a UHF channel. Remember UHF? <laughs> channel 20 or Channel hold 20. On, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. We told, this was Hockey Town. Detroit's Hockey Town. I know, this I know, very remember. I watched but I went to games at Joe, uh, Joe Lewis true, Arena, man. What? But that was when they were the Dead Wings before they got really good in the 90s, right? Remember, before that, they were terrible. They had a long stretch of just misery. But you would watch Canadian teams. Like, I watched, I'd, I'd watch Wayne what was Gretzky. The guy? It was amazing. What was the guy? Mr. Hockey Gordie himself. Howe. Not... Gordie Howe. Gordie yeah, Howe. Gordie. Yeah, I'm, dude, listen. Okay, so the business I opened, my, my dad and I opened a, a roller hockey place. We had basketball. It was a big sports facility out yeah. in uh, St. Clair Shores, Michigan, which... Mm -hmm. The building we moved into, we did not know this. Guess who used to own the building? Gordie Howe himself. It was it was Gordie Howe's hockey land back in the 50s and 60s. And he actually came in for our grand opening. I didn't know. I'm sitting there. I'm getting the place ready. I'm all nervous for the first day of business. It's an early morning on a Saturday. And who walks in but Gordie Howe and his PR guy? Gordie Howe. Wow. It was amazing. And, I, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's Gordie Howe. And he comes up. He's like, hey, how he was the coolest guy in the world down to earth he's like hey uh, you know this is really great i used to own this place and he, he you know he doesn't say hey i'm gordy howe or anything he's just like and he was telling me about the building and stuff and i said and i'm just staring at him i'm like you're like mr hockey <laughs> like, like oh my gosh like this is amazing and he was just so cool side, side note have you seen his new bridge the gordy howe bridge i they're, heard yeah they're heard. getting close cool. they're getting Almost, close to yeah. it being done yeah it's, uh, it's, it's really huge nice. man it's yeah. it's bigger than uh, the ambassador. It's pretty mm -hmm. pretty neat. Yeah, Anyways, cool. all right, we can keep all talking. Right, you start talking yeah, sports. We're gonna be here all night. I know. I, I know. mean, like I the Lions last yeah. night. The Lions won last night. <laughs> I had my cardiac I had to, cats. I had to pull up the <laughs> last night on our, our show, the Blender. When we got started, I'm like, well, you know what? Let's just check in with the NFL and see who's uh, leading the NFC North. And I'm like, well, I'll be darned. Look at the Detroit Lions are 8-2. and two. And then I, I'm like, you know what? While we're at it, we should check the NCAA rankings and just see who's up at the top. Well, I'll be darned. Michigan's at number three and getting ready to play number two Ohio State next week. <laughs> so it was just yeah. ironic that it was on the screen. I mean, it was, wasn't planned or anything. I'm not going to say much about the Michigan-Ohio State game. Uh, I used to talk a lot of trash, and then we lost a lot. <laughs> I know. And the last couple was... of years, I haven't said anything until afterwards. And so I am pumped that both my Wolverines and my Lions Absolutely. are doing great. 
Red Wings are okay. My Pistons are horrible. Horrible, yeah. And man, and we got a we got an amazing Christian and believer for a head coach, and I'm just believing that he's gonna get things turned around soon. But man, my Pistons are horrible. But uh, the Tigers yeah, I don't know are gonna be better next year too. So Tigers are gonna be good. Yeah, they're getting there. Yeah. Rebuild. All right, listen, this is not right, a sports show. This was no, it's over. League of Brothers. Until, so. until we All have right. sports guests on, then it will be a sports show. But yeah, until yes. then. Yes. All right, everybody yes. have a blessed night. We love you. Hopefully I'll see you tomorrow night, 730, Rescue to Fosters. Have a great night.